Hello everyone and welcome back to Going Purple with me, Desi McIntosh, where we talk about serious F1 stuff in a not so serious way. Hi guys, I hope you're all doing really well. I, it is the 12th of July and it is my second diary entry and I am so, so excited to be recording this. God, that sounded American, didn't it? Wow. Uh, I said store the other day in a TikTok and I was like, what is going on? Um, I, yeah, I'm so excited to be recording this. The uh, feedback or the, what's the other word for feedback? The response to the first episode um, of the diary entries was so, so good. And I'm really glad that you guys just feel like you're getting more of an insight into what's going on in my life and all the behind the scenes stories of um, all the things I've been up to. The last two races have just come back from. Uh, it's been a busy few weeks since we last caught up. But I'm hoping, oh guys, I have the most exciting guest in the entire world. Well, hopefully. Okay, I don't like to get ahead of myself because I'm quite a superstitious, superstitious, superstitious person. I actually am very, very superstitious. I've got much better in the last year. I think I've just become a much more chilled person in the last 18 months, to be honest with you, um, which is great. And I feel very laid back about everything. And I would say in on the whole in life, I'm very laid back. But some things I still get superstitious about, like my lucky pen, which we'll talk about later on, like the fact that I have a lucky pen. But hopefully I will have, honestly, um, I don't want to fangirl like too much because if you know me in real life, you will know how big of a fan I am of this person. Um, I won't give too much away, but it should be in August. And let's just say I've never fangirled over a driver in my life, never felt starstruck by a driver in my life. But this person is so cool to me. But I will say no more. But um, I don't know how I came onto that so quickly. Um, oh yeah, I just still don't remember. But yeah, I've had a really busy few weeks. I am just sat, I'm literally sat on my bed right now. It is fantastic. Guys, this day has been everything I have dreamed of for months. I am about to go away again on Friday for six weeks. I won't come back home for six weeks. And then I come back home for three days before Zanvoort. Um, granted, the next couple of weeks are, I mean, it's a summer break in a couple of weeks. I'm actually no longer going to Hungary. Um, my team's plans change very slightly. So that's really, really sad. But it means I've done my last race before the summer break. There's only two races left now. I will be covering those content wise for myself remotely um I won't be at the races I was meant to be in Hungary which I'm really sad about but it will be okay um it was we were having a lot of discussions and I decided to prioritize um another race later on in the season uh which I would say is my favorite race uh I'm talking about Austin here I would say Austin yeah it's up there it's certainly in my top three races um so yeah but long story short not doing that but I will be away for the next six weeks doing some really exciting things and seeing some exciting people and yeah just kind of like taking a little bit of time off the last few months I would say have just been absolutely insane like coming off a triple header of work trips with Portland, Austria, Silverstone and just constant shoots, meetings in like the two days I've been home. Um, I was really ill in Silverstone. I um, 
I didn't faint at work, but I basically passed out on the doctor bed. We'll get to it later when I talk about Silverstone, but I just need to take care of myself a little bit. So I'm taking, well, I never take time off. Like time off for me doesn't really exist. I'm always, um, well, for the most part, in some way, I'm always present online. Um, I have, since I started TikTok, pretty much uploaded a video every day or every other day. Um, but I just need some time to, yeah. I mean, I'll still be traveling around. I guess I do it to myself, don't I? But yeah, I'm about to go away for another six weeks. So today I have not left my apartment. I did everything I love to do. Those things include eating mini chocolate Weetabix. Guys, I've literally eaten mini chocolate Weetabix for every single meal since I got home from Silverstone. It is my favorite food on the planet. And the fact that I just get, I just get access to the fridge. Like when you travel, like I'm going to talk about um, secrets of an F1 presenter in this episode in particular, like things you may not know, things I've just like jotted down over the last few weeks. But one thing that I think is like so annoying to me is the fact that when you're in hotels constantly, you don't have like access to like the fridge or like a bowl and cereal, you know, who's going to go and buy a bowl? Actually, okay, I'm just going to be really honest with you. (laughs) wait I'm a little embarrassed to tell you this in Monaco I've been away for a few weeks and I got to Monaco I was like I just want cereal guys I'm literally obsessed with cereal <laughs> so I went I bought a bowl and a spoon and I bought cereal and I ate cereal in my hotel room um I don't know why I feel so like weird about that I don't know if that's strange like I just really really wanted it um I think I met one of you guys in the supermarket whilst I was holding my bowl and my cereal and I think I said something like oh the glamour (laughs) this is a real glamorous huh but I did that today I well I've had to restart packing because I'm leaving in less than 48 hours again and I have meetings tomorrow I had a shoot on Monday this as soon as I got back so this was like my really only day at home um what else did I do I just lay on the sofa for like three hours just doing life admin you know, life admin, got myself a haircut for tomorrow, don't remember the last time I got my haircut, um, planning out some content as well, I really want to do, so obviously a lot of my, all of my content recently has been very motorsport based, of course, you know, race based, that's my job as an F1 presenter, content creator, and it will be, I have a really, really exciting video coming, that was the shoot I did on Monday, um, I'll give you a hint, let's say it was rescheduled from a few months ago, and I think it's going to be really good, but we have to go through like all the editing process of that and everything. But I also want to show you guys, um, whilst I'm not at races over the next few weeks, like a few of the things I've said I'll do for a long time. Like I wanted to show my race proof makeup for a while and things like this and show like more vlogs away from the track and all that kind of thing. Um, just, I, I feel like we've got to know each other so much better over the last few weeks um and I've got to say like being at Silverstone and just meeting so many of you it honestly blew my mind like I was shocked I was shooketh some would say at how many of you are out there supporting me and what I do um I remember I was taking a photo with this girl just outside the paddock on I don't know what morning maybe Friday morning and Fernando was like getting out of the car behind me and um I was like are you sure you want me not Fernando (laughs) and she was like no Lizzie of course I want you and I was like you're actually so sweet all of you um my life sometimes still does not feel real to me I'll say that but yeah 
today has just been a dream and now i'm just sat on my bed i've just taken a shower washed my hair done my skincare um and i'm probably gonna make a halloumi wrap for dinner i never cook for myself anymore so it's really nice to be able to do that and oh guys obviously gossip girls just come back onto netflix so um yeah i started my annual gossip girl marathon again today and I just vegged out and I chilled out and I feel so good. I wish I could do this for one more day, but I've got meetings tomorrow and then I'm going away again on Friday. But what a crazy few weeks it's been in the world of Formula One. I mean, shall we start with the elephant in the room? Because I see a major freaking elephant in my bedroom right now. Um, Nick Tavris, should we talk about it? Because the way my jaw dropped now i knew well okay i said in the TikTok yesterday i didn't know as in i didn't officially know i think everyone knew he was going to be out at the end of the season oh <gasps> there's a spider <sighs> i think everyone knew he was going to be out at the end of the season i um i have a lot of thoughts on the situation so for those of you who don't know um nick Reese, i'm sure you all know by the way um nick Reese has been dropped by alpha Tauri. And it will be Daniel Ricciardo, who is currently the Red Bull reserve driver, who will be on loan. Now, I think that term on loan is very interesting to AlphaTauri for the rest of the season. We don't really see this too often, drivers being on loan. Um, normally, a reserve driver will fill in for a driver if they can't drive in a race. But in longer term situations, um, yeah, Daniel Ricciardo is being loaned, which is a term we hear a lot in football. Um from my understanding but yeah it's interesting isn't it I mean wow Daniel Ricciardo back now when I spoke to him in my interview in Monaco I kind of could gauge now you know no one says it with so much confident like oh I think it will just be a year and you could tell by his body language I could just tell by the way he was speaking every time someone's asked me since do you think Daniel Ricciardo will come back I've said absolutely yes he basically confirmed it and do you know what's funny last year when I interviewed Nico Hulkenberg around October time and I was like, so you're picking up the training a bit, Nico, or something like this. I was like, what's your training like? He was like, yeah, I'm picking up my training. You know, there's a, a few opportunities. And I knew at that very moment. And I knew when Daniel Ricciardo said it to me as well. So go back and watch both of those interviews and see if you can spot the way they're kind of smirking as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay, I, I can't, this can't have been, it, it, this must have been a very recent decision. A lot of things lead me to believe that. A, well, I have thoughts. A, I feel like Nick DeVries was owed a full season, at least. At least until the summer break. I mean, having so few races to prove what you're doing in the slowest car, it almost makes me feel like Alpha Tari, I don't like to use the word had it out, but for want of a better word, had it out for Nick DeVries from the very beginning. Um, I think coming from Formula E, a Formula E, a Formula 2 champion, such a high caliber driver, I don't know, it's tough for Formula E as well, um, but they're such different series. I mean, electric cars versus Formula One cars. Like, mm, yes, he, he needed time to learn the tracks and he was a rookie in his own right, but also he didn't want to be called a rookie. He wanted to be seen as this almost veteran kind of driver. And so when you look at it from that perspective, no, he didn't live up to those standards at all. But when we look at the plain facts, he had never driven some of these tracks before Miami, for example. And there was so much expectation. And I think I've said this in a podcast before, but the more in life, like this is a life lesson for us all, okay? The more we lower our expectations of people, of experiences, of situations, the better it's always going to be. And I'm talking about this like in our personal lives as well. 
because it's always going to be more than what we expected whereas when we go in with such high expectations of people of course they're going to let us down this got real deep real quick huh interesting they're always going to let us down because we're expecting so much and it's so hard for someone to meet those expectations we've made up in our heads right but i almost feel the same has happened with nick devries i think it's it's incredibly sad actually as excited as i am to see daniel ricardo come back um it is sad for nick devries i really do think it is and it will be weird to see Daniel Ricciardo back in the team where he basically started his F1 career. I wonder how he feels about that. I don't think this will be temporary. Um, I also think maybe this isn't the full story, you know. Maybe it's a reaction to Checo's performance, for example, to put pressure on Checo at the Red Bull seat. Um, you know, see how he performs for the rest of the season before potentially Checo is let go from Red Bull as well. I mean, his run of qualifyings in the last few races was at his fifth Q3, um, like, non-appearance. Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great performance from him. We've seen Max start outside the top 10, outside the top 15 even, in races and come back to be on the podium. Um, and Checo wasn't able to do the same thing at Silverstone. I, um, you know, we saw that moment in the sprint race in Austria where Checo and Max had a bit of a moment, Max, <laughs> Checo almost taking Max out, there's clearly tensions there, um, and we saw it last year, you know, we saw it in Monaco, we saw it later on in the season, so I think something is going on at Red Bull, I, I don't know for sure, but I think something is going on as to where Checo's performance is really being evaluated, so whether Daniel coming back is a reaction to that, I'm not sure, um, but also, you know, having spoken to Lando at the beginning of the season, we spoke about his contract and how he is technically locked in with McLaren for the next few years. But I almost wonder, you know, with a performance like Lando's on Sunday, to be fair, both of the McLarens, it's very, very impressive what they've managed to do. Um, would they be targeting Lando? Would they be trying to buy him out of his contract? But also, how much do you value the Red Bull seat? Because, you know, that... Red Bull family is extremely harsh and I don't think that they invest necessarily in their talent in the right way and I guess unless you know like Max is their golden boy and they've invested so much in him and it's worked and, and they did invest in Daniel because they were both of a winning mentality but I just think something is not right with the way they've handled the DeVries situation. He's barely, he's barely even walked in the door and he's walking back out again. You know, these drivers, they make it their life's goal. It's their life dream to make it to Formula One and to have that dream cut so short, I can't even imagine, honestly, what he must be going through right now. Um, yeah, but the timing seems off. I mean, they could have waited till the summer break. What we've got now, a week until teams will be in hungry setting up in the paddock tomorrow in a week basically why have they decided to do it now when even if nick had scored a point or two before the summer break it wouldn't have changed anything alfatari still swimming around in the back at the bottom of the constructors championships why have they decided to make such a move so quickly uh there's i think there's a lot more to this story basically but yeah i'm not sure it must have been recent another reason i think that is very very small 
I, although, you know, contract, I don't know what the contract said, but Daniel Ricardo and Will Arnett were supposed to host the broadcast for, they did it in Canada, I believe, and they were meant to do it for the two remaining US races. And signing a contract like that, usually it means you're locked in for those two races. Um, again, I don't know if there was a break clause that said like, if he joins Formula One again, he doesn't have to do it. But clearly these things were being discussed and Daniel wasn't being discussed at AlphaTauri maybe, what, two months ago, a month ago even. So, but it will be interesting. And I also think, is this the right move for Daniel Ricciardo? Going back to the slowest car on the grid. Yes, Yuki Tsunoda has scored a, hand, a handful of points. I think they have two points. Um, just a little pinch of points. Um, but yeah, is it the right move for him to be going back to the slowest car? Will he really be able to prove anything or will it make him look worse? But then also let's look at what Nico Hulkenberg's been able to do in the Haas, especially in terms of qualifying where the Haas's one lap pace is incredible. No, they're not always able to turn it into a race result, but we'll see. I'm very, very upset now that I'm not going to be in Hungary to cover all of this. But we'll be, I'll be watching with you guys. I'll be watching remotely and we are going to have so much to discuss next weekend. But yeah, those are my thoughts on the whole situation. I mean, now, I, when I, I was thinking about it, you know, Oscar Piastri has been for certainly the most impressive rookie, especially with the car they had in the start of the season. Um, but where does that leave Logan Sargent? I, 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 I have a feeling that... Williams has a slightly more longevity based family based mindset to be honest um teaching the younger kid the ways and when I spoke to Jos Capito at the end of last season he said I mean he's gone now it's obviously James Vals who's the team principal but he said you know we need to give Logan one learning year um so I that leads me to believe he'll stay on but who knows I I can imagine the pressure is very much on for him now. Formula One is an extremely cutthroat sport and there are so many drivers, I think, who are not in Formula One, who have that potential and that talent and that calibre to be in Formula One. So, I mean, Nick, the case of Nick DeVries will honestly go down in history, I think, to just show how intense this sport is. Um, but yeah, I mean, speaking of Austria there and the sprint race with Checo, I mean, that is such a tenuous link, Lissy, but we're going to take it anyway. I mean, what a weekend it was. I had never been to the Austrian Grand Prix before and it was beautiful. I mean, we stayed about an hour and a half away in a town called Graz. Graz. Um, we took the plane that now. A lot of you are asking me, um, Lissy, why are you on a chartered plane, like an effing private plane? Uh, I thought you flew commercial. I do, guys. I'm always in the back with the toilets in economy. Um, that was the first ever chartered flight I had been on. It was real cool, though. They have, like, F1 little headrests, little F1 napkins. They bring you chocolate. They bought me Freddos. Um, and, yeah, it was great because the whole team travels together. And then on the Sunday night, we all go to, like, a... Like, it's literally at the track. This, uh, not heliport, like a small airport, I guess. Um, and it's great. It makes our lives much easier um allows us to work for long um but yeah i mean from a track point of view from a racing point of view i mean I'm, i don't want to say the words because i think we're all a bit sick of them but track limits defined the weekend it was just mental i mean was it 47 laps deleted during quali on friday absolutely mental um but yeah it was really exciting i mean lando i think that was the point where we all realized lando and the mclarens okay, these upgrades are working, this new floor, these new side pods, driver of the day, the 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 vibe in the McLaren garage was very, very high, 
and um, I enjoyed it. It was my first time covering a sprint race, so there's so, so much going on, so much to talk about. I actually had an Austrian co-host who spoke German um, with me for the weekend, and guys, I would, like, ask him a question in English. Uh, Nicest guy in the world, by the way. He's called Stefan. And obviously, we're trying to cater to both audiences, so then he would answer not in English. And I was just like, (laughs) yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And then I was like, actually, maybe I shouldn't say absolutely because I have no idea what he's saying. But we made it through and it was great. Um, I really enjoyed that race. It was very, it was just very good. There was a lot to talk about. Um, And yeah. Oh, this leads me on to the actual point of the podcast, I guess, or the kind of hook, which is what I wanted to talk about, which is a couple of secrets of an F1 presenter that I've been jotting down. I started jotting these down in Austria um, and I thought we could kind of go through them because why not I yeah but Austria was beautiful by the way beautiful track amazing fans really good I actually think it was one of the sprint race especially really cool race weekend there was a bit of weather thrown in I think it was on uh the sprint race when I was doing my grid walk oh my gosh guys it was actually so embarrassing um we obviously were using umbrellas the cars were under tents at this point it was like it was really raining quite a lot and um I yeah so I like to have my broadcast notes in my hand. These are just like quick facts I look at as I'm walking past each car, if I want to link to another car, just something to throw me in there, a stat, a fact, um, a driver's journey over the weekend. So how their like free practice has been, how their quality's been, how their race is, what they've said, what their team principals have said. I like to have all these things just at my fingertips, um, but it was raining. So I have a mic, notebook, and extremely heavy F1 umbrella. Which one do I prioritize? Okay, I've got to prioritize the mic and the umbrella. Forget the notes. We'll we'll wing it. We'll be absolutely fine. I know these notes. Like the back of my hand. I just like to, you know, it's just mm, there. Nice. So walking along, walking along, get to the front. Apparently I've like knocked helmet Marco in the head. <laughs> not badly, not badly, but apparently he's like like batting my umbrella away because it's like kind of falling lopsided on him. Um so yeah, that will remain as probably one of the most embarrassing moments in my life but yeah let's get into some secrets of an f1 presenter then as i've jotted them down so i mean i'm gonna when i do my q a in the next couple of weeks i also want to know like any questions you have about all of these kind of things but the first one i've written down is how quickly time goes when you're speaking now i have to mention this specifically in relation to a grid walk I normally get between 10 and 12 minutes, which is a long old time. Sometimes I'm with a co-host, although when you're with a co-host on a grid walk, good luck to everyone involved. Okay, we're trying to find, we're trying to find each other. But sometimes with our comms, we can't hear each other in our earpieces. Uh, I can just hear my director, my producer and my cameraman. I can't actually hear the co-presenter. Can't hear anything the other person's saying, okay? But also, I've lost the other person sometimes halfway down the grid. They're still back at, up at AlphaTauri. I'm down at Red Bull. Um, so that's extremely difficult. But the time goes so quickly, especially, yeah, especially when you're with someone. But even when you're with yourself, like I'll sometimes fill eight minutes on a paddock walk or a pit lane walk, um, which means I'll go up and down each team. I'll try and point out, oh, there's Max Verstappen. 
oh let's talk about his weekend so far or oh there's another man that's under a lot of pressure Nick DeVries just walked past me oh Nick can we turn we sometimes try and talk to them and the time just goes so fast I always say to my producer after I'm like I have so much more I could say um so that is one thing that I have really noticed over the last few weeks it's just how fast time goes um like before you know it it's 30 seconds Lucy and this is a hard count that means I have to stop in 30 seconds that doesn't mean take your time finish your point maybe make another one if it feels natural that means like get off the camera in 30 seconds um so that's something I've really been thinking about over the last few weeks also I actually just really wonder how many words I say in a day when I'm at work um but speaking of like someone telling me hard counts and stuff having someone talking in your ear is something over the last year I've had to get used to so much because they'll be telling me they're telling me everything like um Lissy can you just um hold the mic a bit further or can you hold the mic a bit closer to the guest or remember to bring up this thing at the end remember to throw to um whoever throw to the Hass interviews on the stage now or whatever it is but they're a little piece of information that are fed to me throughout the whole time I'm on air um so it's it is interesting and then like I'll hear my producer and my director having conversations like does she need to show this um does she because should, should she keep walking down because obviously I don't know like we were in the pit lane before the British Grand Prix and it was before the cars had gone onto the grid so the cars are in the garage they drive out they drive the lap of the circuit and then they go onto the grid and they're pushed once they're kind of like at the back of the grid they're kind of pushed to where they need to be by the engineers the drivers are still in the car and the drivers were just about to go out and do that lap so they could make it onto the grid so we had to get out of the pit lane and everyone's like in my ear like should she go onto the grid should she go into the paddock where should she go and I was just kind of like playing it cool I always try and laugh I always try and say like oh they're just deciding in my ear right now um but yeah it's funny like you just get used to it really and and the amount of trust I think you have to have in your team in your cameraman in your director in your producer to make sure that everything is running smoothly and they're giving you the correct information and same with the cameraman like on a grid walk for example he'll always come and try and find me or if there's something I really want to show you know you kind of just get to know the team really well and they'll you'll kind of do this one gesture and they'll do this thing or you know we have a plan before um especially on a grid walk it's really hard for them the grid is packed um on a sunday so they're walking backwards usually um and i'm also trying to we've got the my producer as well there who's kind of guiding him guiding me making sure he's not going to walk into a car or you know r- run over like anything <laughs> crucial parts can you imagine <laughs> if i just like fell into like the mercedes of george russell um but yeah so that trust is very very important and yeah I think what else can I tell you um early mornings is what I've written down now I mean everyone who works in F1 is used to travel is used to the early mornings but it's so unglamorous sometimes like I remember doing my makeup in a portaloo on Sunday morning of Silverstone because we had left the hotel at about 6am because we had to beat the traffic Silverstone logistically is one of the most difficult races if you were there you'll know especially with a record 480,000 attendance over the weekend it is absolutely incredibly hard to get in and out so I was doing my makeup in the portaloo at like 7 a.m in Silverstone I think it was raining at this point and I had just been so ill the weeks and days before and I was like wow um so yeah I don't know why I've written that down early mornings but uh yeah 
Another thing I actually wrote down is that some paddocks are better than others. These are funny to read back because I've clearly just jotted these down over the last two weeks. I'm actually trying to film like a um, best and worst paddocks of the F1 season kind of thing, maybe for the end of the year, but I always forget to film them. But I mean, the Silverstone paddock is good. My favorite paddock so far, mm, it's gotta be Miami, to be honest. There's, there was like free acai bowls in there, free uh, Mexican food, guac and chips acai bowls and guac and chips that is my two favorite foods and yeah Miami was a good paddock but some like Silverstone's good it's just much smaller there's not many seating areas um so yeah those are the things I've written down but also I think I mean I don't want to get too mushy but I also will because it's, it's the Lucy McIntosh she is like queen of mushiness but Silverstone marked a year with my team at F1 and Track TV. Um, Silverstone 2022 was my first ever race with F1. And I just think it's crazy, like, the difference of how I feel um, and how I, how confident I feel doing what I do now is, I can't even put it into words. And I'm just so grateful to my team. Like, they, you know, for really investing in me to be honest in the last year I've learned so much I've learned from the best people out there now people still ask what, what is track tv uh, it's big screens at track so all the screens around the track I broadcast on all of them basically so you have to be at a race to watch me um but it's great fun and yeah I think I just feel very good and confident and I feel like I I I just feel like i I know what I'm doing a bit more I guess is what I'm trying to say I mean everyone does it takes time to like plant your feet but I feel really good and I just want to thank you all for supporting me over the last year it was very very surreal to be back there it was very very surreal to stand next to Liam Payne on the Silverstone grid now guys I am majorly I was like <laughs> a major One Direction fan um so that was very cool so was interviewing Roscoe Hamilton, the cutest dog ever to exist. Um, apparently he's plant-based, I asked. So I got to feed him some banana chips off air and that just really made my whole weekend. It really did. But the week before that was busy as well. I got to meet a lot of you at Puma event. I was hosting with George Russell, so that was super cool. Um, and yeah, Silverstone is, it was good. It was just sad to be so ill. That was on Friday. I got to work and I was like, I do not feel good. I... I apparently had a throat infection and I had a fever as well and then I basically just passed out on the doctor bed we have a paddock doctor so um yeah I was taken home by health and safety but I pushed through on Saturday felt a bit better on Sunday and what a race it was I mean the fans in Silverstone are something else you guys are absolutely incredible a double British podium what a start from Lando as well I mean I think it's yeah as I've said earlier incredible that McLaren has been able to upgrade their car the way they have we know their launch spec car was not what they wanted it to be but seeing Lando and Oscar up so high qualifying so high as well um it's great and I think it must put Mercedes under some pressure because McLaren's come into the season with a car which really really was on the back marker and they've turned it around very quickly and I wonder if Mercedes is kind of feeling why can't we do the same thing you know why have we not why are we not able to make such sustained progress shall we say or what's that word I'm looking for consistent progress I mean we'll have to see whether this run with McLaren is consistent we've only seen it with Inlando with two races Oscar with one um 
but it's moving in a very good sign and I, I think that battle I think we know that Max is pretty much running away with the drivers championship the constructors championship is pretty much pretty much Red Bulls but that battle behind, I mean, who's who are the other two on the podium every week? We've seen Ferraris, Aston Martin, Mercedes, McLarens, and that's exciting. And also, this Williams story that's emerging is so exciting to see Alex Albon doing so well. Those upgrades really working. I think P7 in Canada, um, his teammate needs to, yeah, show what he can do as well over the next few races, I think. But I will end this podcast with some updates the crucial update of the weekend and that is about the lucky pen now guys i lost the lucky pen it was on thursday of all days media day and i left it in a toilet cubicle i just popped it down somewhere i don't even know what i don't even maybe it was when i was washing my hands one second i had the lucky pen one second i didn't now you might think let's see it's a pen no this pen has been with me since i think since my last race my first race sorry with f1 it's a pink big pen but i have got to say the amount of you that gave me lucky pens over the weekend i could have i could have bawled my eyes out um i basically did bawl my eyes out one of you who gave me the exact same pink big pen i was like can i give you a hug <laughs> um i just want to say thank you so many of you gave me lucky pens and also for your messages when i was ill and also when i lost the lucky pen guys you're literally my best friends you were like oh it was so cute so many of you were like who but who's holding the pen lissy it's you you make the magic it's not the pen it's you and i was like oh my gosh you're trying to make me cry but um yeah i just want to say genuinely love you guys to bits you are like besties for life and i hope you're well i hope you enjoy this weekend i know there's no f1 on but it's still going to be a good one we're in the peak of summer so go and enjoy yourselves take care of yourselves and yeah i will catch up with you guys very very soon i love you bye <laughs>